Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with your host, Junior Renee Bobrun. That would be me. If you guys are first-time listeners, I'd like to welcome you. If you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this ongoing conversation between me and you. Every single last listener out there, I always like to start off the show by letting everyone know that this show is for you in particular. No matter who you are, no matter where on the planet you are, this show is for somebody out there. It's going to resonate with somebody or a few people out there in our listener universe. By the way, speaking about our listener universe, it is growing. Been looking at the analytics for this show. I want to thank you guys for sharing because I don't do a lot of promotion. I don't spend any money uh, on promoting this. I share it with a couple of friends. I do what I can to promote it a little bit on Instagram. I don't have an actual website yet for this for this show or, or a web presence, so to speak, for this show. And um, so if these numbers are growing, it's for one reason and one reason only. You guys are sharing it. You guys are sharing particular shows. I'm noticing which shows are getting a bump in um, listenership. Some of them are older shows or previous shows. It's not always the newest show. So that means that there's a particular topic that's resonating out there and it's getting out there. So with that being said, if you haven't already, if you guys do subscribe to this show on Apple or iTunes music, please rate it, review it subscribe to it those ratings and reviews kind of uh, you know kind of uh, make it more visible amongst you know uh, podcasts and and shows of this you know particular genre people will find it easier uh i know spotify doesn't have that rating review option yet i don't think it does but if it does please do and if you're listening through google podcasts or audible or amazon or whatever um please in any place you can rate or review the show please feel free and Please, please do. And um, definitely review the show. Definitely share it the way you've been sharing it, because I've noticed I saw the uptick and I said, well, I, I haven't done anything differently. Um, it has to be the people. So for you people out there, for you listeners out there that have joined into the conversation and you've invited others into the conversation, I'd like to let you know that um, I'm grateful and thank you. Uh, you get my sincerest thanks for sharing it. And please continue to do so as this conversation grows. We are on our 33rd episode. Um, this is season three, episode eight. You know, we're going to name it in a little while. But um, first and foremost, I'd like to give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, OneLavi.com. That's O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com, which is where I go for my vitamins and supplemental needs. Like I've said before, in the age of uh, 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 what I call appropriate heightened concern over our immune systems, our immunity, our health, it's important to remain fortified and to stay fortified because a lot of our food is, you know, dead, for lack of a better word. We're eating food that isn't nutrient dense. A lot of it is extremely processed. We've processed the nutritional value out of our food sources. So because of that, it makes sense for us to do what? 
we have to fortify. We have to take vitamins that have the sufficient amount of vitamin uh, supplementation that we need. So we must go to sources and quality sources that make sense. That's why I recommend O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com, OneLavi.com. And please go to Chavez House Publishing, ChavezHouse.com, as well as Chavez House Publishing on Amazon to pick up after uh, back-to-school books, pick up journals, pick up the Essential Self-Publishing Blueprint, like I've said before, the Essential Self-Publishing Blueprint by Lenore Batista is what I am using as a blueprint to write and publish my first book, which should be coming out, if not the end of this year, we're already into late August, if not the end of this year, early next year, possibly by the spring. That would be awesome, and I'm using it. You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to start doing something on my Instagram page uh, for the for the show. Whose World Is This 2021 on Instagram? I'm going to probably start chronicling <coughs> chapter one and chapter two and things like that. And maybe starting a little video series, a little reel or whatever, um, just to let people know my progress as far as how my book is going. But um, we'll get to that. Chavez House Publishing, ChavezHouse.com. Go on the website, buy Lenore Batista Journals Collection, get the back to school notebooks I don't care if you're in college if you're going for your PhD or you're in middle school wherever you are these notebooks are great they're classy you have books with Paris on the cover the United States on the cover Lebanon Jamaica all types of great covers that you have international flags etc etc it's awesome check it out tell them June sent you so today what are we going to name this show what are we going to title this show ladies and gentlemen boys and girls what are we going to name this show i thought that i should extend the conversation from a previous episode that we had actually season three episode six that i named or titled are we prisoners think i'm going to edit it in the software and put are we prisoners part one because i want to call this are we prisoners part two what was part one about i'd really like people who haven't heard part one, spoiler alert, go back. Because I'm going to extend that conversation and open up new ideas. Reason why I'm opening up new ideas, just to let you guys know, I never listened to an episode that I've done. Haven't done it yet. But I'm listening to it while I'm speaking. And after an episode is complete, I'll say to myself, I like it. Or, ooh, wish I covered that. Ah, wish I covered that. But uh, maybe I'll cover it in something else and intertwine that. That's how I work. That's my process. I don't listen. I should listen. I've had many suggestions from people say, June, maybe you should listen to your voice. And I don't like the way my voice sounds. Other people like it. That's awesome. I'm, I'm like one of those people that doesn't like to see their photograph. And I don't like to hear my own voice. It's just who I am. You know, so ironically, here I am talking your ears off. And I don't want to hear the sound of my own voice played back to me. Paradoxes. Hey, what can I say? So for me... As soon as I pressed stop on the last episode and I uploaded it, I immediately had a bunch of other things I wanted to speak about. I said, oh, I should have said, oh, I should have, I needed a qualifier for that, and blah, blah, blah. So that's why we're going to do the part two to that episode of Are We Prisoners? We're going to call this one Are We Prisoners Part Two. We spoke about being a prisoner of your ideas. Each one of us is a prisoner of our 
of our ideas and our ideologies. We're prisoners in how we grew up, how we were brought up, our, our nature, and how we've been nurtured. It's a room. Some of these rooms are very, very big, and some of these rooms are very, very small. It all depends on us. Some of, some of our rooms are small when we, when we first start out in the world, and then for whatever reason, you know, we add more rules or, or we take away more rules and things of that nature. And this prison cell, you know, gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it encompasses the whole world because the world has parameters, regardless of what we like to use the words freedom and I'm free to do whatever I want. And I have this freedom. No, you don't. Your freedom is relative. You don't have the freedom to do whatever you want. There are restrictions, there are boundaries, there are parameters. You've set certain boundaries for yourself, right? When you go down the steps, do you go down the steps four or five or six, seven steps at a time, or do you take one step at a time, right? So you're saying, hey, you know, even though I'd like to take eight steps at a time, I might break my neck, so I'm going to take one step at a time. There are rules, there are parameters, there are things that you set for yourself every day, things, you know, and we do that. And so we become, I don't want to, the word prison becomes a, an extreme word. And a couple of people have reached out to me, said, man, June, that word prison is such an extreme word that you use. I said, I wanted to use an extreme word like prison, you know, because we're all in a certain kind of, we're all incarcerated, encapsulated. Some say, oh, uh, um, prison means that you're being forced against your will. No, to stay in a place. Uh-uh. Prison is, you did something to get you imprisoned oftentimes. You broke a parameter, a rule of some sort. We all have these rules. You'll say things in a relationship like, oh, I'm not going to let that person speak to me. That's a deal breaker. You've created these parameters and these walls that say, once you do this, this is what's going to happen. So it may seem punitive, but it's not. We all just create parameters. So the word prison and parameter are almost the same. I'm listening to this album right now from um, my favorite hip-hop artist, Nas. Um, and his album is called King's Disease. I think I mentioned it, mentioned it briefly in a couple of other episodes in a previous episode. And I can't remember which song that it's from, but there's a line that says, besides my children, boundaries are my greatest creation. And when I heard that line, I said, boom. Because I heard that line after I did the prisoners, um, uh, uh, the prisoners uh, show. And I said, oh, my goodness. And it, it fell in line because we all have these boundaries of we even though we're living in this world collectively. We all create these other rules and these rules for it for ourselves. You know, you have codes like some people say I'm sticking to the code where I grew up in Queens. It was like I just stick to the script. That used to be our saying for, you know, we just keep things. We, we play by the rules of whatever environment we were in. Nah, just stick to the script. I don't, I don't go off script. That's what we used to call it. So there are parameters there. We were prisoners of that because we're saying, no, no, no. These are the rules. If someone is religious, you're going by the certain parameters and parables of your religion, whether it's Quranic, Quranic or whether it's Islamic, Quranic, Islamic, Catholic, Jewish. You have parameters. You, you have it. You have these these commandments, you have these pillars of your faith, these things. We have these 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 laws that you have to follow. So we're prisoners. I'm going to speak about a prison that each and every last one of us should get out of immediately. 
What prison is that? It's the prison of corporate speak. The professional prison. It's one of the most oppressive prisons that I have ever been in. I've been in many prisons. I've been in certain relationships where I'm like, I don't like the way this feels. It's just I feel imprisoned. I feel constricted to a point where I'm not being me or this person's not being themselves. They're following a rubric or a rule that I don't like and I'm, uh, it, it has me acting differently. No. But corporate speak and professional prison is the worst prison I've ever been in in my life. Luckily for me, it's the worst. I'm going to explain to you why, briefly. Let's just, I don't want to say it's hypothetical. It's loosely based on certain events that might have occurred in the last, I don't know, month or two. Let's just say that I was working with a group of people. And um, when they contracted me to work with them, they said, June, what we ask is transparency. You know, um, we like you. You're 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 overqualified for this particular assignment, etc., 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 etc. What we ask is transparency. We ask that you tell us what you want to do. If you want to make some changes, if you want to, you know, make a lateral move, if you feel you want to do this, if you have any grievances, please come to us. Now, that in and of itself is almost corporate speak. That sounds very sincere. Sounds authentic on the surface. But if you've worked in corporate America for as long as I have and you have the experiences that I've had, I've owned my own brick and mortar businesses. I've managed. I've supervised. I've been in a in a, in a damn near executive capacity in, in certain enterprises. And that sounds great coming from the higher ups. Transparency. Communicate with us. We're a family. Blah, blah, blah. I know this is going to resonate with a lot of you, especially my listeners in the United States, in the contiguous United States. Watch out for this talk, because usually transparency means they want you to be transparent with them, but they're probably not going to be transparent with you. You're transparent. They're going to be proprietary. It's probably what that means. But me, I try not to be a cynic. So I went in, I went in with open, with an open mind and open ears and open eyes. And I said, okay. I said, you're preaching to the choir because I don't turn me off at any time. I said, I have resolved at this point in my life that I've resolved with my nature. I am good with who I am, where I've come from, and who I've become. So because of that, I don't turn me off to do a job. When I wake up in the morning, when I go to sleep at night, regardless of the hat that I'm wearing, it's a sincere hat. I'm speaking my words. No strings are attached to me. This is what I said to them verbatim. I said, no strings are attached to me. I speak in my own vo voice. I always include and infuse and inject my own voice in everything that I do. I can't turn me off. Why? Because I have this one little tiny life that I don't know when it's going to be snuffed out. There is not enough time in my life to act like someone else. 
I'm speaking verbatim, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I said to them. This was a Zoom call. I said this verbatim. There aren't enough hours in a day, enough years in my life to act like somebody else. If I have to spend eight hours sleeping and maybe eight or plus whatever hours uh, working for someone else or working in my own enterprise or whatever the case may be, and then some couple of hours for leisure, I have to do my level best to live out my authentic self in every single endeavor. Work, play, sleep. And they're looking at me through the Zoom with these with the big grins like, oh, great. Oh, awesome. Yeah, love that. So. That conversation was had, let's say, spring of this year, let's say March of 2021. We are now in August of 2021. <sighs> July. Of this year, about a month ago. When there was a situation that occurred that arose that I apprised them of. And I said, listen, this is how I feel you should handle it. I feel there's a crisis in leadership. I think that we can handle it this way. Let's not be complacent. Let's be proactive. I'm using very, very direct language. You guys have been listening to me for 30 plus episodes. What you guys will know about me is one thing. I use a direct kind of language. I don't have to use a bunch of $30 words. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to impress upon people authenticity. But I'm not trying to impress, oh, yeah, listen to June using his. No, uh-uh-uh. I speak directly. That's what I try to do. I try to get as close to my truth source as possible and I, in, in, in the hopes that I can convey that truth to you and I can live that truth. I do that all the time. That's why I told you guys the conversation that we're having is very similar to the conversations I would have on the phone with a friend, that I would have on the phone with a sibling, a conversation that I would have with my fiance. These conversations are clearly associating, closely associated to the life that I'm living. I don't turn that off to go to some job. I don't turn that off to take an assignment. I don't turn that off when I'm contracted. Guess what? This show isn't private. Anybody that I work for or work with or who I know can tune in. This show isn't a secret. You'll know how I feel about a couple of things if you listen. If someone is trying to be a bunch of different people, <laughs> the last thing they're going to do is this kind of show. Because I know this is a niche audience I'm reaching. It's not, I'm not provocative. I'm not using clickbait. I'm not using low-hanging fruit to attract the masses. Remember the last episode? What was the last episode I did? What you won't find me doing. Had to set some, what? What did Nas say? Outside of his children, boundaries are his best or his uh, most important creation. So I literally gave you a, 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 an episode of things you won't, aren't going to find me doing. Because I want you guys to understand that you can trust this journey. If you're on this journey with me from episode one or at wherever you, you decided to get on this journey, understand that this is how it's going to be. As I grow, the 
conversation will grow the discourse will grow my spirit will grow my perspective will grow if i if i stand corrected i'll stand corrected i won't stand in in a lie i won't stand in something that's incorrect i want to be as accurate as possible so let's just say that i spoke to these people in july as directly as i possibly could i said we don't want to be complacent we want to be proactive this can get out of hand this can do this we can do that this can do this we should do this we should do that and it got to the point where a situation needed to be solved it needed to be addressed they didn't address address it i came back to them and said listen i'm noticing that this situation isn't being addressed we need to take care of it they didn't take care of it so it came to a point where we might need to part ways so we had another kind of conversation and guess what I had to go up the chain, the people that I was working with, the people that told me and looked me in my face and said, transparency is what's important to us. And mind you, since I've been working with them, what did they say? They said, June, you have lived up to the promise of transparency. This is verbatim. They said, we really appreciate what you bring to the table, what you you've served as a friend, confidant and a mentor. You've changed the environment here. I received emails. It was a sort of like a corporate chat that everyone uses, you know, corporate kind of social media for the for the company. And my name constantly was coming up. I was being added and tagged in these posts that said June's presence is felt when he's there and missed when he's gone. And I'm saying I didn't even know who these these posts were coming from. It wasn't people that even were on my team. These are people that were on the peripheral of my team that I may have had one or two encounters with. So, and and these are the kind of comments that are being attributed to me or or being given to me and addressed to me. And, you know, I was flattered, I guess. You know, it was, it was, I guess it was nice to be recognized, but, you know, I wasn't doing anything differently than I usually do. I kind of felt like a fireman. You know, when a fireman goes into a building and pulls out somebody and everyone's calling them a hero, I know firemen in New York City. I know FDNY. They look and they go, yeah, it's, it's kind of my job. It's, it's what I do. It's what I've been trained to do. It's what I've been doing for years. I swore to do this. I live this. So when they get the accolade, oftentimes they don't know how to respond they go okay so when i got those responses i felt the same way as that fdny dude who goes into a building and pulls out a child or a grandma or a cat or whatever because i'm like i'm just being me i didn't hit i didn't this is i'm not scoring 50 points in a game i didn't break any records today i woke up in the morning you know what i mean i looked in the mirror that's the dude i wanted to be that's the dude i was happy being and i walked with that truth the whole day and I was getting kudos for it from week one in early March, or let's say in early spring. And the people that I contracted with sung my praises within 30 days. They were saying, hey, June, we'd like to give you another assignment, this, that, and the third. But I have so many other things I'm doing this show, working with this company, working with that company. There are a lot of things. I said, you know what? I like my assignment the way it is. I, I, it's, it's taking care of a couple of things. I like the niche that it represents. I think I'd like to stay in this role. You know, I like where I'm contracted. And they said, fine, that's great. But anytime you want to change, 
all of them are saying, you can do our job and the job of the VP and the this one and the that one. And I'm looking at them and I'm just smiling because I'm like, yeah, I know that, but you guys don't get paid enough. So I like, <laughs> you're going to add more responsibilities and not give me the kind of pay that I deserve. So, but any case, but I didn't say that to them. I just smiled. I said, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So now all of a sudden it's time for them to be transparent. And you know what I got, ladies and gentlemen, from the same people that were espousing transparency and espousing that we're a family and espousing that my needs are going to be met and my grievances are going to be addressed and things of that nature. I got nothing but corporate speak. All of a sudden, it went from plain language that I like to use. I like to use plain language because it establishes a culture of succinct speaking, direct speak. I'm like, the more direct I am with you, I'm hoping that you'll be as direct with me or get close to where I'm at with it because I'm so comfortable in the things that I say, I don't have to tippy-toe around fuzzy language and ambiguities. I'll stand toes, 10 toes down and if I'm correct. In any case, and it may anger some, but if I feel that it's truthful and it represents my truth, there it is, unless I can be, you know, uh, if unless I can stand corrected, corrected and be told differently, I'm going to stand 10 toes down in my truth. In any case, what did I get in return, ladies and gentlemen? Did I get that direct talk? Did I get that succinct truth, plain speaking? You want to take a wild guess? No, I did not. I got as per policy, as per article A, 1A, section B, subsection C, paraphrase, paragraph three. And I just smiled. And I said to them, listen, let's not be prisoners of corporate speak. I said that to them. And that's why I was upset I didn't put that in the prisoners, um, the first one, because I said that. I said, let's not be prisoners of corporate speak. Can we speak to each other plainly, please? I said, because you diminish me. You diminish my three-dimensionality when you just speak to me and just revert to policy because you don't know what to say. It makes you come off as if you're an automaton. It makes it seem like you're not a full person, or maybe you are a full person, but you're not treating me as if I'm a full person, as if I don't deserve the plain speaking transparency that I've given you hour in, day in, day out, while we've, whether we were conferencing on Zoom or emailing or in person, can I get that in return? And they couldn't do it. And I was saying to myself, what a shame. These people aspired to be able to memorize the policy of some faceless corporation. That's what they aspired to be. That's what they aspired to. They seemed proud of themselves that they were able to espouse these as per corporate policy. What corporate wants is that I, I said, you will soon be replaced. And I said this to someone, not that particular person, but I said, we're all going to be replaced eventually by some form of hybrid artificial intelligence if we don't learn to think for ourselves. We have to aspire to be more than just walking, talking parrots for corporate policy. No matter who I worked for and in what capacity, I pushed back on corporate speak. I said, so how do you say that in plain English? I would say that 
to the to the managers, GMs, executives, training managers, corporate consultants that would come in, auditors. I'd say yeah, I would raise my hand in these fancy meetings where no one wanted to raise their hand. These 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 uh these these meetings in in New York City skyscrapers, and, you know, overlooking the whole catered city. And I'm like, hey, how do we say that in plain English? I would play as if I didn't understand what they were saying. And I did that on purpose because I said, I want everyone to be able to understand exactly what you're saying. Don't get cute with the lawyerly language. Don't get cute with obfuscating the truth and circumventing the truth by using fuzzy language that lawyers made out made up to get corporations to not have to hold themselves accountable to you, the employee, or you, the client, or you, whoever, the contractor. Because that's what it's there for. The fuzzy language is to, is to circumvent the truth or to undermine the truth, not to be truthful and direct. So I'm looking these people dead in their faces and they're being shaken to their core. Not because I'm being angry, not because I'm being the angry black man. That didn't happen. I'm speaking to them the way I'm speaking to you right now. I said, let's not talk like that. I said it just like that in the same tone. Can we speak in plain English? Is that possible? Can we, can we, um, can we do that? And they all looked at me. It's a couple of people. Said, can we not use the as per policy subsection A? Can we speak in plain English? Is it possible? Uh, maybe I need to pull out my Google Translate just so we can get that out the way. Because, you know, we're speaking lawyerly language now and I'm a human being and you're a human being. And I understand the bigger a corporation gets, the smaller the employee gets. That's the inverse relationship between growth. You scale up a corporation and that little employee or that contractor or whoever you are, you become smaller. You're diminished as, as, as the uh, enterprise increases. That, I already understand that. I don't take that personally. I don't. I don't at all. I, under I understand that's how capitalistic corporate enterprises work if you're not in a, if you're not in some sort of unionized labor situation where you have an advocate that's fighting for you an employee advocate not someone that works in employee relations at the human resources office human resources there to cover the back end of a corporation they're making sure that the corporation is in compliance so they're not liable they don't have they're not suffering any liability due to a lack of compliance if they if they if they operated outside of their own policy or whatever. They're there to keep you in check and the corporation in compliance, not to cater to you. There's no human resource that's going to say, hey, you know what, guys, you guys should strike. You're not getting enough money. Hey, you guys should ask for longer breaks. No one does that. The employee relations office at your, at your local corporation doesn't do that. At your corporation doesn't do that. They're not going to say you guys should demand more this, more that. No, 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 no. The last thing they want are employees making demands. It's the last thing they want. So 99% of American labor is not unionized. That, that's another conversation. So what you end up having is employees are at the mercy of corporate speak. And the people speaking corporate speak are prisoners of it. And the people who don't speak it and just want to be spoken to like a regular human being are, are, are imprisoned by it. And some people aspire to be corporate speakers or parrots of corporate policy. I don't. I pushed back on it my whole entire life. I've had opportunities that I, I don't even want to speak of right now that I walked away from. Family thought I was insane until later on they saw the other things I was doing. I said, you see, you're trying to judge a painting by the first brush stroke.
Relax. Let me finish this art. Wait till I sign it before you start acting crazy. And then they realized, oh, you now you see why I walked away from that to do that. Oh, now you understand. Sometimes I didn't even understand, but what was I doing, ladies and gentlemen? Following my own truth. Not parroting corporate speak. Not, not aspiring to be some parrot for a company. What happens if you're a parrot for one company and that company fires you? Are you still a parrot for that company or you're looking to jump onto another branch no pun intended, another branch or another company and say, oh, now I'm going to be a parrot like this. Are you a parrot or are you a person? And that's why I'm hoping that many of you, and if you are a listener to this show, and if you're an avid listener to this show, it means you're probably not a parrot. And if you are a parrot right now, you're probably not wanting to be a parrot because parrots aren't going to like this show. A couple of people from that enterprise that I was in are probably listening. As a matter of fact, they are listening because I told them about this podcast. You know, I told them about it. I say, when I first started, I say, hey, what do you do in your spare time? I said, I do a little this, do a little that. As a matter of fact, I have a podcast. You guys should check it out. I didn't keep it a secret. You know, a lot of these corporations now want to know what your what their employees' social media accounts look like and things like that. And, um, you know, people are saying, oh, no, I don't want my, corp- my, my company to be involved in my private life. I go... Check it out if you want. I don't care. You may find something. You're going to know a lot about me based on, the f- on my social media. Hey, I'll make you a friend. I, have pl- I had, when I had a Facebook account that was active, I had plenty of former employers and, and deans and teachers and professors on my page. And I said everything I wanted to say. Politically, didn't have to agree about race, about social issues, about everything. I didn't care. I, I picked the side. I didn't keep it neutral. I didn't keep it ambiguous. I didn't keep it in generalities and ambiguities because I knew I was talking to people. I was speaking my truth. I'm a three-dimensional human being and I was treating every single last person out there like a fully three-dimensional human being. That's what I was doing. I was talking to the whole of you, not just the part of you that would agree with me, the part of you that I could appease. No. The part of you that may be provoked, that may be angered by what I said, that may want to push back and challenge me, bring it. By all means, let's have that conversation because my job is to be me. We're living in an age now where corporations want to be people and people want to be brands and parrots. Okay? That's, that's where we are right now. People want to be packaged. You hear people calling themselves, um, you know, my brand. Um, okay, no, I don't know what that is. I don't want to be a brand. You know, what, what's, what's, what's my brand? I called this show with Junior Renee Wobron. I'm using my first, middle, and last name. That's my brand. My brand is that I carry my ancestry and my name, likeness, and reputation with me everywhere I go. And I'm a prisoner of that. I carry a code, I have boundaries, I have parameters, I have ethics, principles, a moral compass. I have my own standards. I created a, 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 a scale. Your lines are drawn. This is the line I put in the sand, and these are lines I put in the concrete to dry. Where hundreds of years later, you're going to be like, hey, wh- why was this line put here? Those kind of lines where an archaeologist can find it centuries later. 
So I have lines, some of I have scales, some of the scales slide. And if it slides to a certain point, it goes beep, beep, beep. That's okay. We've exceeded a certain such and such limit on this, on this particular situation. That's me. I'm a prisoner of these things. I've created these parameters around me. We're all, you know what I mean? So I walk my truth and I'm hoping that in walking my truth, I can convey my truth to you. And then it can resonate with a truth that's inside of you. And then we can take this journey together. I am impressing upon you. Stay away from the temptation of being a corporate parrot. Resist the temptation. With your mind, your body, your spirit, whatever you want to call it. Resist the temptation to be part of this Article 9 10 corporate speak as per proprietary policy dictates mandates that we stay away from it if you find yourself in a job that you have that kind of job quit do something else it may pay less but find your truth as much as possible those people that were speaking in those terms they're done they're done they're lost. I, there was this quote by this, uh, this philosopher, right? She's awesome. Her name was Hannah Arendt. I don't know how to say her last name. I feel a little, I'm a little ashamed that I don't know how to say her last name. Hannah, Hannah Arendt, I think her name was. And she had this, uh, um, this quote. I used to read a lot of books about how bureaucracies were created. You know what I mean? You read a lot about a lo lot of, uh, I read a lot of I read a lot of Durkheim and Weber and things like that, and I read a lot of philosophy books. And there are certain books that would speak about uh, the creations of empires and this and that, and how people form, you know, how people form these beliefs that can become authoritarian, and how bureaucracies in Europe, and especially in in, in parts of Germany and parts of East Euro Eastern Europe, the bureaucracy became the monster. And in America, our bureaucracy is more like our corporations. And, and Hannah Arendt had this line. She said, the rule by nobody is not no rule. And where all are equally powerless, we have a tyranny without a tyrant. Okay? The rule by nobody is not no rule. What does that mean? If, if we were to unpack that. When you're at these jobs, you don't, you don't know the owner. You don't get to speak to the president. You don't get to speak to the, to the king, the monarch, the ruler of your company. You are being managed and supervised and human resourced. You don't get to have a conversation truly with the person who has the power of the pen. Because even the person with the power of the pen, the CEO is being ruled by shareholders or majority shareholders. There's a board of directors. There are a lot of chefs in that kitchen. So it's like a rule by nobody. But just because it's a rule by nobody doesn't mean there aren't any rules. Right? Because you're equally powerless in these jobs. You're equally powerless. You don't have any union representation. You don't have a true employee advocate. You don't have collective bargaining. You don't have arbitration. You don't have any of these things. You go on strike, you're fired. Most of you are working in an at-will uh, uh, employment environment or a right-to-work environment. That's where you are. If you're working in a union, you're probably working in, in, the, in government 
or or and you're a teacher, teachers are government, or you're working in maybe in New York, you the taxi commission or the hotel union and things like that, you know, or the MTA Mass Transit Authority. Most of the country doesn't know how how it feels to be to have someone in your corner as an employee. So you're we're, most people that are employees in this country are equally powerless. Okay, they don't know who their boss is. They get some memorandum via email. Oh, yeah, this is the new rule. Where'd this rule come from? It came from what? What do you hear? Are you given a name? Is it King June? No. Is it is it is it King Nile? No. Is it is it is it Queen Lisa who has decreed or is it is it Queen Princess Lenore? No. It's something called corporate. It's some this this amorphous thing. It's corporate. What's that? This the thing that used to infuriate me. And my mom used to think I was going crazy. Literally. She was like, June, is everything okay with you? I said, Mom, what the hell is corporate? She'd be like, June, and she'd be like, June, please. You know, my mom is a Haitian immigrant. She came to this country. She worked her behind off. She became a registered nurse. She, she worked. She's been a supervisor. She was a type A project manager, just did the work. My mom just worked, worked, worked. That's what she knew. And you, she, as intelligent and as emotionally intelligent as she was, when I would say these things about mom, things can be different. I don't know why things are like this. She was looking at me like, June, stop it. Just do the work. And I'm like, yeah, mom, what's corporate? One, Monday they told me to do it like this next Monday they're telling me to do it like that and when I'm asking as a full-blooded three-dimensional human being why they're going oh that's what corporate said who's corporate <laughs> so that's what when Hannah Arendt was speaking about bureaucracy and how it fuels violence and things like that and she said the rule by nobody is not no rule and we're and where all are equally powerless, we have a tyranny without a tyrant. What happens now when you're at a job and you have all of these oppressive rules that don't seem to empower you and embolden you and strengthen you and increase your morale and increase your dignity and increase your sense of self, you feeling dope, dupe, depressed, oppressed, suppressed. It feels like a tyranny. But who's the tyrant? You can't put a name to that tyrant. You can't say it's because of such and such that I'm feeling this way. This is the this is the harbinger of my angst and what I feel is my spiritual and intellectual violence. I can put it on such and such's doorstep. Here's their name. Here's what they look like. But when it's corporate, it's tyranny without a tyrant. In a country that claims to be so independent and we have these stubborn Americans and we're Americans and I'm an American. and You can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to act. You can't tell me what to wear over my face or what to drink or what to do or what jab or what to do. And all of a sudden, it seems like all of this liberty and freedom. And you leave it at the door of your job. You leave it right outside the door of your job and you walk into an office and you voluntarily give yourself in to tyranny without a tyrant. A faceless tyranny. 
a nameless tyranny, a tyrant that we call corporate or we call corporate policy as per indicated as per policy and proprietarily. And it's like, really? And I'm listening to these young, vibrant people who will probably go on their Instagrams and their whatevers and their private accounts and speak freely in a different kind of language. Hey, they feel this way about this and they feel this way about that and they feel this way and they have all these feelings, maybe. And all of a sudden, from 8 a.m., till 5, 6 p.m., they turn their feelings off. And instead of being a person, they become a parrot. A parrot in a cage, a prisoner in a cage called corporate speak. They don't even get to use their wings. They're in a cage and they're just parroting and mimicking what corporate tells them. You wanna know something? With all due respect, I have very little respect for someone who will allow themselves to turn into that. Especially when they come across a person like me that says, hey, listen, let's put that down for a second and let's speak, let's take our masks off, pun intended. Let's take our masks off and speak to each other without the corporate speak and the foolery and the, and the ambiguity and the generalities and the big words that were given to you by corporate, by corporate, by the lawyers. Let's have a conversation. And when I speak to them that directly and they shiver in their boots, they, they shiver at their, they tremble at their keyboards. Their pen trembles in their hand in front of their legal pad, on top of their legal, yellow legal pads, while I'm looking at them directly, no blinking with a little smirk on my face because I get to live my truth. Because no matter what, if you guys decide to rescind our contract or um, not honor the full agreement because you feel such and such things aren't in compliance or we're going to part ways due to subsection A, B, C, D, E, that's fine. I'll still find a way to eat. I always do because I eat with my, my truth leads me. I don't lead by my, I, my stomach doesn't lead me. I'm not led by my hunger pains. Listen to me now. I'm not led by my hunger pains. I told my brother something back in the days when we lived in, in New York City. Said it to him. I was a teenager. He was a preteen. And I, and I was young. And I said to him, I judge people on two occasions. When their ribs are touching, which means when they're starving, and when their bellies are full, I get to see who you are. And even at that time, in my, in my mid-teens and then into my late teens and my early 20s, I said, no one knows the difference between me when my belly is full or when my ribs are touching. That's a testament to my character. That's a testament to my character, my truth my sincerity, my authenticity, my character, my principles, my ethics, my ethos, my boundaries, my parameters aren't dictated by whether my ribs are touching or my, or my belly is full. 
those don't dictate me. My truth leads me to my opportunities. Period. So I don't slide the scale based on how much of your money I may need or want. That doesn't change. I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to spit that quote unquote truth to power. Because my truth is my superpower. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, I wanted to speak to you guys and I want to impress upon you, no matter how your situation may be looking right now. As we approach the end, the end quarters of 2021, the end game of 2021 going into 2022. We have certain things that have been mandated that are being mandated to us and things like that. And some of us may have um, food insecurities. Some of us may have uh, job insecurities or the food insecurities due to job insecurity and things like that. I don't want you to change your truth to fit into somebody's idea of what you're supposed to be telling you to cut off two thirds of yourself and be one third of yourself. And they're going to fill that other two thirds with feathers and wings and, and, and a beak and turn you into a parrot. And you have to spend one third of your day being this person. Listen to me now. From 25 to 65, the majority of your life, you're going to be working most likely for someone else. That's the reality. Most of us are not going to go this life being an entrepreneur and just following our dreams and our passions and our passion into profit and passion projects into profit. The majority of us out there are not going to be entrepreneurs. That's what it is. The majority of us are not going to be small business owners. We're not going to own our own, own our own ship. Okay? We're going to be employees. Guess what? That means you're going to spend the majority of your life, 40 years, from 25 after you graduate college, if you graduate college, and most, most people don't go to college and graduate with a bachelor's or whatever, get a bachelor's. or So that's what, 30, 40% of the population in America have a bachelor's degree or more. So that means that the majority of the people are going to get maybe some sort of vocational training. And by the time you turn 22, 23, 20, you're going to just be working. So outside of being in school from 18 to 22 or whatever to get your, 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 your bachelor's degree, outside, most of us are going to be working from 25 to 65 until we're eligible to collect our partial or two-thirds Social Security in this country, in the, in the United States of America, 25 to 65. Who do you want to be? If you're going to spend one third of your day at this place for the next 40 years, do you want it to represent your truth or not? Do you want to inject and infuse as much of you as you possibly can? And as you grow, you bring that growth to work with you. As you learn, you bring that learning to work with you. I don't care what job you have. I don't care if you're a clerk, if you're working. I don't care what I don't care what you're doing. If you're a clerk at the DMV or if you're collecting tokens at, at, at a toll booth on the Florida Turnpike, I don't care. I don't care. That's not my concern. My concern is how much of you are you willing to bring to work? 
And if you're at a place that's not allowing you to bring you to work and all the things that make you unique, you special, you an individual, you need to find another place to go because you are going to be spending one third, the, I'm sorry, the majority of your life at work. That's what it is. You're not you're going to be away from your loved ones, your, 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 your spouses, your partners, your children, your pets, your family, your leisure activities. Most of us, unfortunately, are not going to be at a job that really follows our passion. So you're going to be away from your passions all to get that check to clock in and clock out who you want to be. Who you want to be, who do you want to be? That's who I'm speaking to. Because needless to say, me and this corporation parted ways. And it's for good measure because I'm bigger than they are. My personality, my individualism, just my overall three-dimensionality. When you're at corporations that have grown to a point where they're in the multi-billion dollar range and you're working with them, um, you become a cog. You become just a piece of their machinery that they, they feel that they can replace. And I was fine with that because I was just doing my own little thing with them as well. Like I said, I turned down larger roles to, to stay in my lane. They suggested larger roles. I said, I like this. I like where I'm at with you guys because I knew they couldn't afford me. The larger role was going to be a little bit more compensation, but not enough for the role that they were assigning me. I said, no, it's not enough. But I didn't tell them that. I just kept that part to myself. I was like, you know what? I like what I'm doing here. And I was transparent with them. I let them know a lot of the other little things I was doing. Oh, that's great. I shared the, those things with them and, you know, kept them abreast of little things I was doing. You know, it's what I do. I'm sure it's what I do. I live my truth. So I told them and they were like, cool. They were great, great, great. We love the job you're doing with us and this, that and the third. Nothing I ever did on the outside. No peripheral work, peripheral work ever interfered or compromised what I was doing with them. I was a certain a lot of amount of time that I was supposed to do the, um, that assignment. I did it and did it excellently in any case. So I was too big for them. And most of us out there are too big for the positions that we're playing on these teams that they like to call it where we're supposed to be so transparent with everything going on with us, but yet they're hiding behind the nobody rule, okay? The tyrant without a tyranny. I mean, sorry, the tyranny without a tyrant. The rule by nobody. You're asked to be transparent and honest and this and forthright and forthcoming. And they get to hide behind the tyranny without a tyrant rule. The rule by nobody. Hey, it's corporate. What are you going to do? They get to hand things off and call it corporate. So I'm asking you guys out there, each and every one of you that fancies yourself a true and living human being, fully realized, don't fall for the okie doke and think that being able to recite corporate speak chapter and verse is a skill. It's not. <laughs> you can do so much more. You can be so much more in a role that just allows you to be you. The role that allows you to be the most of you on a daily basis is the role that you're supposed to be in. I don't care how much it pays. I don't 
care what the title is. I don't care how much education you need or don't need to do it. That role that allows you to be the highest version of your truth. That's the role you're supposed to be in. If you're not in that role, then you need to reassess and reevaluate what 2021 and 2022 and beyond are going to look like. Because guess what? Whether you're on, whether you're in the beginning stages of this work journey in your 20s or your 30s, or you're reaching towards the end, look back and go, okay, did this represent my truth? Was I able to make the kind of differences and do the things that I wanted to do, or was I just a parrot? No eight-year-old ever aspired to, with all due respect, aspired to work in human resource and be a parrot for, for a mega multinational corporation. No one has said, I want to do that. I want to use words like as per, compliance. <laughs> no one. There's no kid out there right now in middle school saying that. Oh, I want to be in HR and I want to. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Because I felt sorry for those people. I felt sorry for them. Little did they know they were using ambiguous and sterile, sanitized language. Completely devoid of energy. Words spark the universe to do wondrous things. You put a pen to paper, things go from thought to word to deed. It's a powerful triumvirate. And what did they do with it? They sanitized it. They do what they've done to our food. They processed it and eliminated what makes it powerful and nutritious and beneficial. They turned it into just something to fill your belly. <clears throat> These people just fill their mouth with words that have no meaning, that have no fire, that have no energy. It's not even angry talk. It's not happy talk, angry talk, sad talk. It has nothing. And they're happy and proud that they're able to recite these things. When I'm speaking directly to them, they obfuscate, obfuscate my directness and they try, to, they try to shift the energy and to turn it into some, some ambiguous generalities. And I just looked at them directly in their faces. Like, no, we're not doing that. I literally said, no, we're not doing that today. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And I'm proud of myself because I wouldn't be true to me if I acted or reacted any other way. So yeah, each, of, each one of you out there, be very, very wary of the tyranny without a tyrant and how they want you to speak and how they want you to react. Don't parrot other people's data. Don't parrot other people's rhetoric. Find your truth. We'll talk soon.